Hello, it's uh, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, host of Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, what you have before your ears is another bonus episode. I believe it's number seven. I've done 300 shows for ZTalk Radio at ztalkradio.com before I made Dimland Radio available on iTunes or through Podbean or wherever else you get your your podcast. Just look for it, Dimland Radio, see if you can find it. Of course, if you're listening to this, you probably already found it. But anyway, uh, I decided I'd do these bonus shows. I post them and that way you can hear what you missed in those first six years of the show. Uh, today's uh, bonus or this week's or this time's bonus is uh, uh, dates way back to June 4, 2016. Yeah, just last year. Almost exactly a year ago, just like a couple days past a year. Uh, so what are you going to hear on this show? I start off talking about um, a couple of movies. I talk about the classic western by John Ford starring John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart called The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. And there's a couple of things that uh, bothered me about the movie that I suggested some changes that might have make it make it work better. But, well, everybody involved is long since dead. Uh, let's see. Then the other movie I talked about was a film called Prime Cut, which came out in 1972. And it stars uh, Lee Marvin and Gene Hackman. And it's kind of a gangster-type film. And there's this opening to it that almost put me off of beef. And there's a, a very young and very naked Sissy Spacek, which almost put me back on beef. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, then I had a Dimland Radio ARG. This is very familiar. Sorry. It's very familiar. It's me talking about portrait formatted video. I know. I go on about it all the time. But this is one of my early rants about it. And I give a reason. I give an example why it's so bad. Uh, then there's a talk about uh, a bear that walks upright like a person. Gee, how could Bigfoot ever be mistaken for bear. Hmm, I wonder. And then I wrap up the show with a uh, uh, with a discussion of why I decided to stop listening to the Adam Carolla podcast. Uh, it yeah, I had uh, enjoyed his podcast for quite some time, but I you know, just to cut it short, it, but not to give it away when you want to listen to the to the rant that comes up later. Uh, I just got sick and tired of this rich man bullshit. I did. I got tired of it. So, sit back, listen to Dimland Radio. Uh, this is uh, the show from June 4, 2016. I uh, hope you like it. Oh, and please, if you like Dimland Radio, give me a good review and a rating on iTunes. Good rating as well, you know. And uh, tell somebody else about it and see if they like to listen to it. Hey, it's, it may not be for everybody, but if you like the show, give me a good rating and a review. Okay, here it is. Without further ado, uh, Dimland Radio from 20, uh, 6-4-2016. Here it goes. Just take it away. This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. 
on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Got a lot to talk about this week. At least that's what I have in my show notes pages. So let's just get right to it. I'm going to start talking about a movie. First off, I saw it on the TV last night and I thought, I'm going to talk about that. Yeah, that's kind of how things work. Um, the movie is called uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of times I say the man who shot the Valance, which is which is a kind of a fixture in a house, a Valance. Uh, my parents have one above their uh, picture window in the front room. Anyway, so uh, it, the movie is called, uh, it's The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, and it's from 1962. Now, it was directed by uh, a great, you know, the great Hollywood director, uh, John Ford, who has a uh, an impressive body of work. Uh, he was uh, he was from the the studio system of uh, Hollywood in those days. Um, he worked a lot with the same group of actors. It was like a troupe of actors that he worked with. Uh, most notable of them would be John Wayne. Now, not every movie that John Ford did had John Wayne in it, but he was in quite a few. And there was all these great character actors that would show up in his films. Uh, that it's always the, a lot of the same same folks. Uh, you'd get uh, oh, what was his name? Ken Curtis. He played Festus on Gunsmoke on television. Uh, you know the scruffy guy that it's uh, always kind of uh, well. He was the deputy for for Marshall Dillon. And um, oh, who else would be in there? There'd be uh, <clears throat> people like uh, Woody Strode. Uh, tall, striking-looking black fellow, uh, very uh, lithe and powerful-looking guy, um, and it, it just just people you'd recognize from those old days if you watch those kinds of movies. And then if you watch a lot of John Ford movies, you'd see them in them as well. Well, <clears throat> in this particular movie, uh, it's a western, and it stars John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart, uh, Vera Miles, and Lee Marvin. And there's a few other folks in there as well, but. Uh, the principal three characters are John Wayne, uh, Jimmy Stewart, and Lee Marvin. It's them. Um, although Vera Miles, is, she's important in there. She's the love interest of both John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart. It's kind of a little love triangle thing going on there. And I, I, I always thought that uh, this film was looked on by film critics and such as one of John Ford's lesser efforts but then I was reading up about it today and I thought and I found out that it was wrong no it was it was critically um, praised when it was released and it was commercially successful and and all that so uh, the general story is about uh, about Jimmy Stewart he really is kind of the main character and he's he is a uh, he plays a lawyer who has gone out west to make his fortune, uh, and he uh, in his well he's in the coach riding into town the town of Shinbone which I'm not sure what territory it was in the territory of Kansas or Wyoming or something I don't know. And 
his stagecoach gets robbed by a group of highwaymen, uh, the leader of which is Liberty Valance, played by Lee Marvin. And uh, so uh, uh, circumstances happen, and Jimmy Stewart's character, Ransom Stoddard, which is a great name, Ransom Stoddard, uh, he gets the crap kicked out of him by by Liberty Valance. No, Valance, sorry. <laughs> and uh, uh, he continues in the town later, and it's so the movie's kind of setting the scene where these two men are going to inevitably com come to a conflict. Uh, you know, Ransom doesn't know how to handle a gun, and Liberty Valance is the best gunfighter uh, this side of the picket wire, except, of course, for John Wayne's character, Tom Donovan. Uh, he plays a, a farmer or a rancher that lives somewhat out of town. He'll come in every now and then, and, and uh, you know he, he's interested in his girl, uh, played by uh, Vera Miles, uh, named Hallie, I think it's her name. But uh, there's, there's a rivalry for the girl, kind of, almost immediately. Although, not really, I don't know. It's it's pretty good. It's it's a pretty good story. It's it's you know it doesn't look like it had a very large budget, but I think it's an interesting story. And uh, Lee Marvin's really good in it as being this nasty mean dude. And uh, Struther Martin is uh, one of the character actors that uh, uh, plays the uh, one of the of the uh, toadies of uh, of Liberties. And uh, the other fellow is uh, Lee Van Cleef. And uh, so they're pretty good, uh, especially Strother Martin. He gets he gets real. Uh, he's creepy. He's just creepy. And there's a town drunk. He's the newspaper guy, and of course the town doctor's also a drunk. And it's got you know some of the old tropes of westerns and things. Uh, but there's one problem that I have with the movie, and it would have been so easily taken care of with just a little bit of dialogue, just a little bit of exposition to explain uh, Ransom Stoddard's character. You see, when the movie starts, it takes place 25 years after all these events that led up to the man who shot Liberty Valance. Uh, Valance. I keep doing that. <laughs> it starts uh, you know, 25 years later. At this point, Ransom Stoddard is a is a big time senator uh, from that newly formed state. I can't remember what it is. Uh, he's uh, you know older and a statesman, and he talks like you know, he gets a real wow, yeah, you know, just real authority of talking like he's you know putting it on like a politician. But then when he has his real moments, he speaks like an actual human being. And then they remember back to those moments, uh, the, that time, and what happened. He gives the story to the newspaper man of the town. Uh, and the way he tells it is that he was a young man, just become a lawyer, and he goes out west to make his fortune. And that's the problem I have with it. Jimmy Stewart was not a young man. He's, if, you, if I try to be generous, you know, it's, you have to be able to suspend your disbelief for movies, and sometimes it gets challenging, and this one's a little challenging for me. It's just a little challenging, because he just does not <laughs> come across as a young man. 
a man in his, we'll say, mid-twenties, maybe even late-twenties, to be a little generous there. He's not that. I mean, Jimmy Stewart was 54 years old when he played the part. He's, a, he's an old guy. <laughs> not that old. And, and, and incidentally, side issue, and maybe it's my vanity, but I'm 51, and there's no way I, I look as, as old as Jimmy Stewart did when he was just three years older than I am. I mean, he looks a lot older than I do. Maybe it's just uh, I, I don't see it. I don't know. I do have gray in the beard and some gray up in the hair, but I just not. Maybe it's because I'm not a smoker. That probably did a lot to age people back in those days. But anyway, he doesn't look like he's a 28-year-old. And the, I mean, if he's just out of law school and he's trying to start a practice, I could see, I could I'd try to work with him a little bit and make him in his later 20s. But what they could have done is just when he starts to tell the story, saying, "I was a lawyer." out east but my practice was struggling and I decided to take a chance and and go out west and start a law practice to see if I could bring some law out to the territories and help make that territory a state which in the movie he's a little reluctant at first to be involved in that but then he realizes statehood would be a good thing for for the territory and that would have satisfied me you know, then I could have said, okay, he's a 40-year-old guy. You know, He's been struggling back east as a lawyer, trying to make it, and saying, okay, I'm going to take a chance, and I'm going to head out there. And that that would have worked. You know, I don't know. I should get in my time machine, head on back, talk to John Ford as he starts to put the movie together, and say, how about we make him say this? At least that way, you know, we won't be saying, but the guy's 54 years old. He ain't fresh out of law school, although, well, maybe he went to law school later in life, but, you know, it's not the way it was presented. And it's almost as weird, uh, as awkward, as in the movie The Natural, which I really like. It's a baseball movie. It stars uh, uh, Robert Redford and, and Glenn Close, and, and it was made by uh, Barry Levinson. He's the director. I believe that's correct. And... <clears throat> I don't know why they insisted on doing it this way, but there's a part where uh, a young Roy Cobb, that's the name of the character that uh, Robert Redford plays in the movie, he's the natural. He's a great pitcher at that young age and a great hitter and all this. So he's there's an early segment in that film where he takes on the whammer, uh, played by Joe Don Baker, uh, who is a kind of a, a Babe Ruth character. And he, he says, uh, you know, he's his, uh, uh, Roy's representative, his guy, uh, the scout that's taking him to this team to play for, um, tells, uh, tells the, uh, the, the sports writer who's traveling with the whammer that uh, this kid is a really phenom pitcher. He could strike out the whammer with three pitches. Well, and that's part of the legend, see. Uh, but... Robert Redford is playing the kid. And the kid's got to be, what, 18? You know, fresh out of high school, starting to get into baseball. He's got to be about 18. And Redford was 48 when he played the part. Couldn't you just have gotten another actor? And even and Glenn Close plays the younger version of herself. And it's just, it really gets a little silly. It says, wait a minute, couldn't you just get 
a younger you know younger actress to play these parts it's in it, it, it does it have to be robert redford and glenn close does it have to be them seems kind of silly makes it a little difficult to suspend your disbelief but speaking of lee marvin um i saw this other movie called prime cut and that's from 1972. And uh, Lee Marvin plays the lead character in this in this film. And I think his name's Nick or something. And uh, it's kind of a gangster film, a little different. And in 1972, that's that director's era, and movies uh, had they would experiment a little bit with their storytelling. And they didn't this one didn't necessarily lay out everything in the exposition, giving you everything. You kind of had to try to figure out what's going along. You know, as it went along, you know, so you just kind of figured it out, and uh, it's it starts off. And I have to be careful if Amy's listening because this will disturb her. <laughs> but it starts off with a sequence, a title sequence, that almost put me off beef. Almost. It's it, it starts. It's it's. It's a black screen. You hear some music, or whatever, playing, and then these doors open. And it's the back of a truck, trailer truck, or something like that. And all these cattle start to start to lumber out of the out of the back of the truck, and then they they're directed into the stockyards, and they're directed through the stockyards into these ever narrowing corridors into the slaughterhouse. And so they're just watching this thing, and then they, as they make their way into the slaughterhouse, there's a part where they get washed down. There's these showers down from above, and there's some guys, you know, actually wash, soaping them up and washing them off. And they send them along, send them along, and it gets narrower and narrower until it's single file. These these cows, and I don't know if there's any bulls involved, but these these cattle are going through one at a time, and they get to the end of the line, at least while being alive and up comes this gate and the, the, you know the cow just kind of lumbers in and the gate comes back down and it's just this slot that it stands in and on a riser above standing above the above the cow is a guy with one of those bolt guns you know it's the it's the it's the gun that's you know, the pneumatic gun that pops a bolt out and deep enough into the brain of the cow in order to, to kill it and hopefully kill it very quickly and so that that's what this guy's job is he stands up there the thing gets in place he puts the boom well we don't see that exactly happen there's no blood spurting anywhere there's no blood all over the walls or anything and the guy's not covered in blood but you would think that there'd be a little and but what you see is uh, it just the top of the bolt gun, and then then he pulls the trigger, and then the next shot is a gate opening as the as the cow rolls out toward the camera, well, and then it goes into the processing, and they show some of what goes on there, and it, it involves table saws and all this kind of stuff, and it's I watch it, and it's you know it's it is a good thing to see. If you know, because I think it's just to give you the perspective of where your meat comes from, where does this beef come from, where does the steak come from, where does this hamburger come from, because you know, most of us just don't we don't have that connection. It's it's in the grocery store, it's at the restaurant, and 
you know, that's where it is. We kind of know what takes place, but actually seeing this process, was it got close. It got close. Uh, the movie also stars Gene Hackman. Now, Gene Hackman plays the... Well, it's, it's a gangster film. And Lee Marvin is from this Chicago gangster organization. He's called in by the boss. And he's got a, this boss has a beef with Gene Hackman, not, no pun intended, but it has a problem with Gene Hackman, uh, who is the boss of the, this Texas gang. Uh, see, the Texas gang owes the, the Chicago boss uh, half a million bucks. Now, the Chicago boss had already sent somebody down there to try to get that money. Well, that somebody else was put through. You see that opening sequence? We see, we see a, there's a moment in there where we see a man's naked butt kind of laying over the top of a cow. You see, he was also being processed in this meatpacking plant. Uh, in the slaughterhouse, and he ended up <clears throat> being sent to the mob boss as a uh, a package of uh, hot dogs. It's not really spelled out, but you can figure out what's going on. So Lee Marvin is being tapped to go down there and deal with Gene Hackman and his his people. There's a scene where and 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 the two characters know each other. So the scene where they first confront you know where Lee Marvin first confronts Gene Hackman takes place in this uh, there's a celebration going on in this kind of cattle barn which has stalls along the sides and some stalls in the center and there's a big long table set up at the at the front end there's guys sitting down eating and there's guys hanging around those center stalls just looking into what's in there and uh, what's in there will be told to you when I come back from this break, oh, I'm such a stinker. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. I am your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to, well, just sit there and come back. I'm not saying what I say at the end of the show. I just kind of get lost there for a second. I'll be back. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. 
If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors... It's the least you can do. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what, you think you went off to college or something? On ZTalkRadio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I was talking about uh, this movie called Prime Cut, uh, which stars Lee Marvin and uh, Gene Hackman. Now, <clears throat> Gene Hackman's great. He just is. He's a great actor. Uh, he makes any movie he's in just a little bit better, just for him being in it, even if it's a bad movie. Uh, I saw him in a movie that was okay, a little, a little silly, uh, it's called The Quick and the Dead, and it's a Western. It's, it stars uh, Sharon Stone as the, as the woman with no name. Uh, comes into a town to seek some revenge. It has a lot of elements of the spaghetti westerns and the, the Clint Eastwood no-name stranger films, and, and uh, it has a lot of that. Uh, uh, but Gene Hackman is just, he's just great in it. He plays the he plays the villain of the town, the guy that runs the town, and uh, everybody's gunning for him. But he's got too much muscle that protects him, and all that stuff. Not a bad movie, but and a pretty good performance in there by a very young uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, which I said his name correctly, which would impress my wife because I always call him Leonard. Anyway, so <clears throat> prime cut. Lee Marvin gets down to Texas with a few of the boys from Chicago. It's gonna, you know, we need our $500,000 from Mr. Gene Hackman and his boys. And he gets there to this this celebration that's going on. There's a bunch of men in this barn, and they're looking into the stalls in the center of the barn. And you're, I was expecting to see pigs or cows or some sort of livestock, but it, <clears throat> nope. It was uh, young, naked women. Now, I'm not opposed to naked women in a movie. In fact, uh, nude scenes give a movie one star more than it might have had if the nude scene wasn't in it. Yes, that's how I... That's at least one star. 
I know it should be two because you know women. You know, but uh, no. Uh, and uh, one of the uh, uh, young naked women is a very young and very naked sissy spacek. And um, yeah, you know, I'm uh, <clears throat> you know, you know, I watch it in the interest of art. Uh, you know, she's not the. Uh, your typical beauty, but uh, <clears throat> not bad. And uh, she was pretty naked. And even when they got her in some clothes at the at the, after Marv Lee Marvin kind of saves her from this little pen thing. She was drugged up. All the women in there are drugged up. And you know, you know, it's Hackman says he's dealing in with you know both kinds of meat. You know, you got the, you got cows and you got women. You know, kind of that kind of thing. He's a real despicable guy. And uh, uh, you know, so so Marvin gets her away from from all this, and he gets her some clothes, and he gets a dress <laughs> that's so sheer that she, she's practically not wearing anything anyway. <laughs> and she, it's, it's a good portion of the film like that too. <clears throat> anyway, the thing about Gene Hackman in this is that, and this is this is another thing that almost put me off of beef. Uh, he's so he's got the naked women there, and he's got a feast on for these these rich dudes that are there. I'm not sure what the story is behind all this, but that's what's going on. And he's sitting at the head table, and he's right at you know he's right in the center spot, and he's just gobbling down this plate of brown chunks of of meat, and I guess it's like the guts, you know, the nastiest part of the meat apparently. And he's just, and he, and he won't stop eating as he's talking to Lee Marvin. And it's just, it, it really informs the character. It makes you just, he's just so skeevy. <laughs> just, ugh. And again, it almost put me off a beef, but not quite. So uh, that's that's prime cuts. Prime cut. It's 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 all right. It's about an hour and a half, so it's pretty short. It's uh, it's it's not bad. It's uh, and it's interesting, and if you like a young naked uh, sissy spacek, well, that's the movie for you. <clears throat> All right, you know I I hate to do this. Well, actually, I don't hate to do it because it's my show. Uh, I rather like doing this. Come on. Yeah, that's right. I got another Dimland Arg. Dimland Radio Arg. I'm not sure what I'm going to call it, but I've got another Arg moment, and it's 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 a long time listeners will already know what this is about, and will know why I go on about this and why I get so upset about it. Uh, uh, but new listeners might not understand it, so they haven't heard this rant before. But uh, and there's a reason why I'm going on this rant again. <sighs> you know, it's it it may be the artist in me. You know that I'm visually trained. You know, it's I, I, you know, the visual artist kind of thing. As I look at stuff, I'm, and I watch movies all the time. So, you know, it, it may be that, but it also is. It's part of being uh, human today, uh, and for the last several decades since there's been movies, because, well, our eyes are horizontal to each other. They're not vertical. So, and our TV screens are horizontal. Our movie screens are horizontal. So, folks, when you take video with your smartphone or with your whatever device it is, your camera phone, such, whatever, when you take video, 
turn it so that the device is horizontal or in landscape. Okay? When you take video, stop holding it vertically because that's portrait and it looks wrong. I see it on the newscasts all the time. I see it on social media all the time. It's just what is wrong. Just turn the camera 90 degrees. You hold, you're holding it straight up. Just go 90 degrees. And there you go. And take the video that way. Because it will have the information that is pertinent to what the video is trying to show us. Sometimes the vertical format could work. But I'd leave that to the pros. Amateurs, keep it that way. Now, there is an app that can make it possible to do it that way. Uh, but I would I implore any manufacturers of these devices to de make the video default to landscape. So no matter what, which way they're holding the camera, the video is being taken in that horizontal format. Now, why am I on about this again? Well, somebody, a Facebook friend, shared a video on the Facebook. Uh, this was a woman, actually, I went to high school with. And in the video, it's, it's, it's about how incredibly stupid people are when it comes to wild animals. Not all people, but some people are just incredibly stupid. Uh, th there was a related piece that she posted the next day about you know people that want to get so close to wildlife that they're really risking their lives. There was a the second thing that that my friend posted was of a, of a woman that was taking taking pictures from just maybe t twenty feet away or less of a of a mother bear and her cubs. It's, you know she survived, but holy crap. Oh, you know, and this was in Yellowstone, and the Yellowstone officials say it's 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 incredible how people just ignore the handout pamphlets, stay a hundred yards away from bears and wolves. You know why? Because bears and wolves could kill you. But these dumbasses get up there. So all right, so this other video, friends shares it that there's something said about this is you know how stupid, what a dumbass, that kind of thing. And I said, okay, I'll watch it. So I click on it, and there it goes into the portrait format. Oh, God damn it! And you can hear the voices of, of the person who's taking the video. Sounds like it's a dude. And another dude behind camera. We don't ever see them on the camera, but you can hear them talking. And what you see at first is uh, some, some thin, sparsely leafed out... Uh, uh, birch trees a little, and and some shrub or something like that. But and there's something going on on the other side, on the opposite side from the camera. There's some something moving over there, and there and the guys are talking about there's something over there. And turns out it's an elk, which is a pretty big animal. And and then we do get to see the elk. All right. Now what's going on is some dumbass is about 20 feet away from the thing, trying to take its picture. Now we learn this because the guy holding the video in the wrong position has to move the camera over so we can see the woman standing there, ironically holding her camera in the correct position, if she's taking video, she's got it in landscape. She's taking pictures or video of this of this elk. 
the guy that's not taking video but is standing next to you know off camera he's calling out to the woman ma'am you must get away ma'am get away you know it's just trying to warn her video taker moves the camera back still in the portrait format stays in that format the entire time moves the camera back so you can see the elk and what does the elk do it darts toward the woman off camera and then the guy taking video has to quickly switch you know to, to catch the action and we miss the woman get knocked on her ass now she she was okay and what we see is her on the ground and the elk retreating and you know but she but she gets up and she brushes herself off and the people start saying are you all right she's like, oh, you know it's just that ma'am that's why you have to give you have to stay at least 25 yards away from these animals and 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 she says you know, stuff like lesson learned that's right you know and she and she quickly leaves and all that but we didn't get to see it happen and we would have gotten to see it happen if he just held the camera properly we would have the elk and the dumbass in the same shot it, it's that simple he wouldn't have even had to have moved when the the elk went after to knock the woman down now maybe most of us wouldn't have wanted to see the actual impact i can understand that but it's, it's so frustrating. I don't need to know what's going up in the upper parts of that tree or what's going down way down there on the grass. That's information I don't need. But knowing what's off to the left side of the, of the camera, that I do need, that I would like to see. I'd like to see the woman and the elk in the same shot. But you didn't. And what makes it even more poignant, what do you, or if that's the word, the guy who was warning the woman to get away, as soon as she gets knocked on her butt, he says to the guy taking the video, did you get that on video? And the guy would later have to say, uh, no. Uh, well, let me look. Well, dumbass, why weren't you holding the camera the right way? Uh, God. That's why it... That's why it's an arg for me. I see that, and it just—it would have been so easy to get it right. It's just, folks, turn the camera into the horizontal format when you're taking video. Speaking of animals, uh, let me—I got to number this. Uh, speaking of animals, uh, I, I put numbers next to the topics that I spoke of in, in the order that I spoke of, so when I do the show notes, I can set it up properly. Speaking of animals, <clears throat> uh, there's another video out there of a bear, Just and it's really kind of odd, and it just looks weird, and it, uh, there was a similar video that came out, uh, I don't know, months ago, a year ago, whichever. It's, it's at a zoo or something, and the person taking the video with the correct video format Kudos to him. Ten points to him. He's This bear is on the other side of a chain-link fence, is walking along, and the guy's taking video, walking along with the bear. Nothing too unusual about that, except the bear is walking on its hind legs, straight up, arms to its side, just kind of walking along, and it looks weird, it looks funny, it looks like a guy walking in a bear suit that's what it, it, it it's it's surreal and 
and the you, the guy taking the video is just chuckling at this whole thing. He says, "This looks weird," you know, that kind of thing, and follows it along. And it gets it, the video is like thirty seconds or something long. Gets to the end, it turns and looks into the camera. And it's just standing there. It's awesome. And I I I shared that video. I posted it on uh, the Monster Talk Facebook group and a couple other, you know, the Minnesota Skeptics Facebook group, with the uh, phrase saying that, uh, oh, and, and uh, a Bigfoot could never be a bear. Uh, no, no, uh-uh, nope, never, no way. You see, you, you, I, I would think that uh, a good number of the Bigfoot sightings are, could be bears just walking on their hind legs because they can do it. Um, there was a, a when, on one of the posts that I put it in I can't remember which group it was but Ben Radford who is a paranormal investigator and a, a skeptic and he's much better known than I am in the world of skepticism and he's, he's, very, he's very good very qualified, I like him a lot um, he had stated that he's had people the Bigfoot enthusiasts say that well, bears don't walk on their hind legs in the wild they have to be trained to do that in circuses or, you know, and yeah, and I, I suppose seeing this video isn't going to shake them from that thought either. But the, the video that I alluded to earlier shows a bear walking through the cul-de-sac of some neighborhood, just walking up on its hind legs. Doop -a -doop -a -doop -a -doop. There's another video out there somewhere with a three-legged bear in the wild, getting up on its hind legs and walking along, looking like a person. I mean, it's got... Yeah, let's see. There's... Uh, they're large animals, especially when they stand up on their hind feet. Uh, they, they can be brown or dark brown or black, and they're hairy or well, furry, walking on two feet, uh, looking like a man. Huh. Do you think it's possible that somebody would have mistaken a bear walking in such a way or just standing in such a way as a Bigfoot? Maybe. I know that doesn't explain them all, but should be at least considered. Uh, I think I should consider taking a break. Right at this moment, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back shortly. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Dr. Dim might even have a guest or two. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Network. Oh, Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Uh. 
Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. First there came radio, and it was good. Then it got bad. Then there came satellite radio, and it was okay. Then it got too expensive and kind of sucked. Now there is something new, something better, something free. Stitcher Radio for the iPhone and BlackBerry. With Stitcher, you can hear all the shows and podcasts you can imagine. Rate them and build your own station. No downloading, no syncing, no problem. Just pick a station to get started, like American news and politics. Now, look at the shows you have to pick from. Pick one and start listening. Like it, make a favorite, and start your own station. Don't like it? Thumb it down and say bye-bye to shows like it. Or thumb it up to find more like it. Plus, you can search and find your favorite podcasts. We have over a thousand shows to pick from. Stitcher Radio, the natural evolution in audio listening. And it's free. Listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Back to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. That song that I came to out of break is a song called Ronnie's Song by a Minneapolis band from the 80s called Urban Gorillas. One of my favorite bands from those days. I saw them several times. Uh, not, you know, an overly inordinate amount of times, but, you know, several. And, um,. I'm mentioning it now because uh, uh, I will be having a few uh, uh, never founds show up on the Second the 80s blog again uh, next week. Uh, I've got five. They're all Minneapolis artists. They are video footage uh, from back in the day of them performing at First Avenue and Seventh Street Entry, uh, the legendary Minneapolis nightclub, First Avenue and Seventh Street Entry. That's how I should say it. And uh, yeah, uh, Steve Spears, the uh, the fellow who runs the blog and hosts the podcast Stuck in the Eighties, uh, just popped up earlier this week and said uh, this fellow that does a daily uh, blog for for the Stuck in the Eighties thing uh, uh, that's part of what's called the Lost and Found, where he finds these obscure songs from from bands that maybe we know well or maybe we don't know so well, and uh, they're not necessarily alternative bands. But I, my take is a kind of an adjustment of what he's done and looking just at uh, what would be considered alternative acts so anyway this fellow is going to be going on a vacation for a week or two so uh, so steve was saying hey if you want to get some you know if you have any bands you want to profile i said well you know i had five picked out a while back to do of minneapolis bands so um, that's coming up next week so watch the stuck in the 80s blog uh, it should be Monday. It should be starting. Just uh, you know, Google "stuck in the '80s" blog, and you'll you'll find it. And uh, hopefully, you'll be on there. 
uh, five interesting bands. Uh, not you know some of them fairly obscure. I have to admit, uh, none of them had any real charting success. One of them did go on to have some charting success, but as a different band. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, not all the same members. Different, different. Two of the same. Never mind. Just read the column when it comes, the, the blog when it comes out. Column. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> I made a decision this week. Uh, something that had been kind of building over the last actually few months. Just kind of starting to just, just build up. Stacking up uh, about uh, what I listen to uh, as far as blogs, or not blogs, uh, podcasts go. Uh, there's one in particular. And I've mentioned this guy on my show occasionally, maybe more than occasionally, and it's Adam Carolla. Now, I think Adam Carolla's funny. I think he has uh, interesting viewpoints. I think sometimes he's pretty on target. I think sometimes he's pretty off target, but he's interesting, and I, I blogged about this, a rather lengthy blog, went up today on my dimland.com, just go to dimland.com and click on the blog, and you'll, there it will be, um, and it's, I, you know, I, I know Corolla won't care, he doesn't know who I am, he won't care that I came to this decision, but I decided that I'd had enough, um, I'm not going to listen to his show anymore. It's a daily Monday through Friday show. It goes sometimes it goes as long as two hours, and that's not why I won't listen to it. Uh, you know, and I and I try not to keep my to live in an echo chamber. You know, like I said, sometimes I disagree with them, and I and I try to listen to the opinions of others that I might disagree with, uh, because I'll maybe just understand their position. Uh, see where they're coming from. See if I can, you know, just you know, just understand why it is they have the opinion they have. Uh, and who knows? I could be wrong. I could find that. Wait a minute. Oh, they've convinced me that I'm wrong, and I should maybe change my mind. And that has happened, and it can happen. And you're not likely to have that happen to you if you listen to people that you always agree with everything they say, which is kind of difficult to find people that you always agree with everything they say. Uh, you know, ain't no ditto head. Oh, <laughs> speaking of ditto heads, Dimland Radio Science Zero, Rush Limbaugh, fell into the fairly common fallacy or mistake made by people who don't understand evolution. He was talking about Harambe, the uh, the gorilla that was killed at the that was it Cincinnati Zoo uh, because a kid fell into it and yeah and it's it's very complicated and it's I I was going to talk more about it but it's just I think the zoo made the best decision it could the kid seemed like it like he could be in peril I mean the gorilla was being sort of aggressive and was dragging him through the water. But then, I don't know, it's hard to know what they should have done. And, and it's hard to... 
They hold it against their parents of the kid. I don't know. Kids can move stupid fast. I'm telling you. But anyway, Rush brought this gorilla thing up, and he mentioned something about evolution, and it's sort of the same thing. The the, the phrase is, you know, well, if you know, if we evo if we evolved from gorillas, how come there are still gorillas? Well, we didn't, or we evolved, evolved from monkeys or chimpanzees. That's because we didn't. You know, it, we, it, human beings did not evolve from gorillas or chimps or bonobos or orangutans or any of the various monkeys that are out there or baboons or whatever. No. We primates, that includes all those animals I just mentioned, and humans evolved from a common ancestor. And the more genetically close we are to our primate cousins, the closer the two of us, like, like humans and chimpanzees are very close, uh, that, so humans and chimpanzees are very close to their common ancestor. Human beings have common ancestors with grass. There's a common ancestor with grass. There's a common ancestor with every living thing on the planet. Okay, we're all connected. And Rush didn't know that, doesn't know that, and doesn't understand that. So, it's a, it's a common error, it's a common mistake. Anyway, Adam Carolla. You know, I listened to him, might disagree with him, enjoyed his show, liked, but things kind of started happening. Now, when his show started... His podcast. Now he he came from doing actual terrestrial broadcast over the airways radio, and that's what he that's where he came from. Uh, and he lost that job uh, seven or eight years ago, something like that. And he decided, you know, he had other offers to go into other terrestrial radio, but he he decided to take a chance and do this podcasting thing. Now he always had it in mind that he would monetize it somehow. He would get sponsors. He would find a way to earn money making doing the podcast. It became the most downloaded podcast of all the podcasts. He holds a record for that, uh, and and he's doing pretty well with it because when the show started, it was from his house, and then it's then it moved into his uh, warehouse. He built a studio in his warehouse. He's and he started getting sponsors. And the thing is, and I don't know if I went over all this with you guys before, but here's the thing. When Adam was just building this podcast, he took such great pride, and he would bring it up over the years, but he took such great pride in saying, you know, he doesn't have a program director looking over his shoulder, and he doesn't have to answer to anyone because he his podcast is a pirate ship. He built a pirate ship. He can do what he wants. He can say what he wants. He can use the kind of language he wants. He can bring up whatever topics he wants. He can have whatever guests he wants on it because he has a pirate ship. He doesn't have to answer to anyone. No one. Nobody. Nothing. No one's on his back. He says he doesn't care, and he's got money you know, to deal with it. And it's so, it, when it started, the money was coming out of his pocket, but then he started getting sponsors. And at first it was you know, just little sponsors. It wasn't too intrusive to the show, and it was okay. And it wouldn't be like a regular commercial on 
normal talk radio, which is like the, the host sends it to a break, like I do on this thing. I send it to a break, and then prepared things are played, and then it comes back. No, the way Adam does it, most of the time, it, he's, he's reading copy for the sponsors, and, they, and he and his uh, sidekicks all kind of work on the ad together. And he might, because of the nature of his, his talent, of his comedy, he, he's a great improviser. He might just, his mind might just start send him down off on a tangent that would be interesting or entertaining or funny or all of that while he's doing the live read of the ad. So you can't just fast forward through it. You know, I don't want to miss what he might say. So I could, you know, so I have to listen to the ad. So that starts to get to be a problem when more sponsors come on. And then being a skeptic, some of the sponsors are fairly dubious. I'm not going to get into all that. I talk about it a little bit on the blog. So it starts uh, starts getting just a little bothersome. But then there was other things he did on the show, and there would be some inconsistencies with his uh, with his uh, 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 personal policies when as as it, as it came to uh, the sponsors. And then he started talking about weight loss, and he'd have these people, this guy in there, a weight loss guy, just peddling some, I don't know, bullshit probably about weight loss. And it just, it started getting annoying. Like when Penn Jillette was all about the weight loss for a while there, he's he's backed off. So I haven't stopped listening to Penn, and his is only one show a week. But Adam just, it just, I just, there was stuff that would happen that just got me bothered by it, and it started bugging me. But I kept listening to the show. And then, in March of this year, uh, he announced that the uh, the pirate ship, uh, ha- he had scuttled the pirate ship. It had sunk. Now, that's not what he said. What he said was, uh, because he wants to get bigger advertisers, and bigger advertisers might not be so happy with a lot of swearing, which he does, uh, he's going to do two clean shows a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. Meaning, instead of saying the actual words, he'll say, you know, a hole. Okay, and that you know to help uh, appease the sponsors to get the bigger ones to get more bucks. And I thought, oh w- wait, wait a minute! I thought you had I I thought you had a pirate ship. I thought you didn't have to answer to anybody. You sound like you're answering to someone now. You see, if he had always been on radio, regular radio, and if I started listening to him on regular radio or the podcast of his regular radio show, and it had sponsors and he was always watching his language, I would, I probably would have been just as entertained as I was by the show as as, as by his podcast now. But there wasn't this pirate ship thing. It's sort of the establishment of that, and the fact that he's, you know, I'm gonna, you know, he he tried to address that. But he, he's just rationalizing. He says, you, you're sinking your pirate ship. You are allowing sponsors to, to influence how you present your content. Maybe not, you know, and, and it, maybe they're not changing your content, but maybe that's just the first step. You know, Adam, we're, we don't like it when you do that, that bit called uh, definitely not a Jew. Uh, we, you know, Adam... When you have uh, this guest on there, which, you know, this he's kind of, he gets a little too racy. Oh, you know, Adam, you know, is that going to happen? 
I mean, how is not swearing two shows a week going to change the, the, the perception of the show for the sponsors? Are they only going to sponsor on those two days of the week? But he'll still swear a blue streak on the other show. And then he does his live shows, in which I'm telling you, this is part of his genius. When he does live shows, I mean, when, when he, before a live audience, he actually has the audience more than one time in, during a show, but at least once in a show, actually has the audience clamoring for a live read, meaning it, they're yelling out, please do a commercial. Nobody, nobody wants to watch a commercial. Oh, sure, you know, Super Bowl, and they got all the clever commercials and all that. Yeah, yeah, I know, but come on. Everybody remembers Ralphie from A Christmas Story, and he got that li little orphan Annie decoder ring he was coveting for so long. He finally gets it. They gets the code from the radio show. He goes into the bathroom. He sits down. He works out the code from the radio show, and it says, drink your Ovaltine. He says, a crummy commercial? Son of a bitch. Nobody wants a commercial. But somehow, Corolla gets people to want it. Well, here's what's happened. This is, was the last straw. He does a thing where uh, he talks about greeters at Home Depot, guys that are 73 years old and they're greeting at Home Depot. And he, he wants to go up to them, especially if, if Adam has his kids with him. He's got twins, boy and a girl, about 9 or 10 now. He wants to go up to them and, and ask that greeter, what went wrong? What went wrong in your life that you're working a, a minimum wage job, greeting people here at Home Depot at your age? What went wrong? See, Adam is a rich guy, and this is what bothers me. This rich guy seems to think that if he sees somebody doing something like a job as a greeter, that, that they just didn't work hard enough in their life. He seems to be making that assumption, and that bothered me. But even more so was when he... He, he called a person. You see, he does this bit on uh, Craigslist and people who sell weird stuff on Craigslist. So he was trying to find out why there was a guy selling shoe trees on, on Craigslist. And the guy turns out he's a 63-year-old dude and you know he, he works as a shoe shine. He, he shines people's shoes. And he doesn't make a lot of money at it. He makes a living, but he doesn't make a lot of money at it. And he's, but he's good at it, and he, he does it. And Adam laid into him and started this shaming. Now, when he's shaming somebody who's obviously just living off their parents or living off a disability that maybe they didn't deserve having, and he shames them and tells them that you know that he's given a kick in the butt to get off the couch and start doing something in their lives, well then, okay. But when he's getting on this guy who's actually, he's working. He's working for a living. Yeah, he's not making the money you are, but he's working. Why are you getting on this guy? Because that's what he did. He went to him. He said, "Boy, you know, I like to uh, bring my kids to your shoe shine place, and and you know, and have you tell them what went wrong." That was it. That was it. That was it for me. I listened for about my ten more seconds, and I went, "Ha! Fuck you, Adam. I'm not listening to you anymore." Anyway, so I, I don't have as much to listen to now on podcasts, so I'll find something else. Don't you Good worry. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher.
Well, that's the, <laughs> that's the sound of the end of my show, or at least it's starting. Remember, uh, be skeptical and then extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. Yeah, I dropped an F-bomb there. Sorry. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.